Hey team, this week let's talk about evaluations and positive habits. Let's go. Welcome to Stumbling Through Work, where educators figure shit out. I'm your host, Jared Huff, and I'm here to explore and share the complexities of our work and to let you know you are not alone. Before we start though, please follow this podcast and share episodes with others. You can find me on my website, www.jerichhuff.com, where you can find links to my social media and where I share information and tips for educators. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Right now, I'm actually focused on staff evaluations. Evaluations are crucial because they are reflections about someone's practices. They should showcase the positive and the negatives, the good and the bad, the they're doing well at this, but they need a little more attention on this. Evaluations are actually data and assessments on a person. Because of the nature of what they are, they should be taken seriously. Just don't make up shit because you have to get it done. Because it's one thing on your task list that you say that, oh, I got to get this done. It's that time of the year. No, give that person the correct amount of attention and time that they deserve. It's something that should be routine. Your staff should actually look forward to doing or to receiving their evaluations. It it should be presented in a way to where it's helpful and it's not a you're wrong or I'm going to fire you when you get back from break. Evaluations have a history of being used as weapons has been used as a way to fire people or demote people, which is not right. They really should be used as a tool to help them get better. And if we can change the paradigm on that, that will help people be more receptive and open to some of the critiques that we'll give them. And I personally believe that they should not be done just annually. To me, your staff deserves formal feedback more than once a year. What message is this sending to your staff that you're only available to give them feedback one time a year when you have the time? If they're your staff and you're there to coach, you're there to mentor, you're there to clean up their boo-boos, then that's what this is for. This is what you do. And I like to do mine quarterly. It's a great check-in to have with staff. I'm able to sit down, girl, you killing it. You're, you're on top of it. You're doing it. Or, girl. Ooh, we got we got some work to do right here. Either way, it's a great check-in tool to see where you're at, what you're moving towards, what's your goal, how are you going to get there. Use it as what it's intended for. And evaluation should not be about money. Evaluations are not about the coins at the end of the day. Do not relate the two. If you correlate raises and evaluations together, then anytime your staff knows that they're about to get an evaluation, they're going to think they're about to get some extra money too. If you're doing this, stop doing it. It's okay. They'll be all right. You can hurt their little feelings. They will survive because if you start showing them this is about them getting better, then they'll start to not expect having raises, but actual formal feedback. As you all know, I think self-reflection is an important tool. So I like to give the evaluation form to the staff member that I'm going to do an evaluation for. So I want them to fill it out themselves 
And then we bring they they're able to bring that to the meeting with me so we can compare notes. It does allow them to self-reflect on their abilities and skills. And it's always fascinating to see what they think of themselves. I usually use a scale of one through five and five being the highest, one being the lowest. Now, I never give out fives. It's just never going to happen because we always are learning, we're growing, we're developing, we're fostering new skills. To me, five means there's nowhere else to go. The only time I ever give out a five is when it comes to state licensing requirements, because either you get a five because you're in compliance or you get a one because you're not. You can't halfway be in like, well, I'm almost it. No, you either you are or you're not. So either or that's the only time I ever give out fives. I once had a director that I gave a self-evaluation form to, and she gave herself all fives, fives across the board. And I was like, damn, for real? I'm like, I usually give myself twos, threes, because I always know there's other ways of doing things. I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to, you know, gain new knowledge. So, but I was like, dad, you gave yourself fives. I'm about to give you my computer and all my passwords and my keys because you need to be teaching me something. Come in my job so you can teach me. And so when we sat down and I said, you gave yourself all fives, I explained it. And she says, oh, I read that wrong. No, you didn't. You a whole lie. You thought you was the shit. That's why you gave yourselves fives all up and throughout. No. When you're comparing both your evaluation and the one that they did themselves, hopefully they're similar. Hopefully there are things that are overlap that look alike that says, okay, we're seeing the same things. It lets you know what they think of themselves or the work that they do. And if it's way off, then it's time to have some truths and some conversations and some verbalizations about what needs to happen and what they're honestly doing. I think this is the most effective way to actually do evaluations. If you have not tried letting your staff evaluate themselves, do it. See what they think of themselves. See what they see, how they reflect on their work. Try it and let me know how it goes. I love sharing information with educators and program administrators. I have had so many successes, but also so many failures in my education tenure. I want leaders to know what not to do, but better than that, what to do. So I decided to write a helpful guide, best practices for center program and activity directors. It's short and to the point. It's a compass to guide education leaders. These best practices will give you a foundation to lead your school, program, or organization. You can find best practices for center, program, and activity directors by Jared Cuff on Amazon or Amazon Kindle. As a leader, your focus should be on having positive habits. And these positive habits will create positive behaviors because habits are just upper level thinking and will automatically change lower level thinking, which correlates to behaviors. Doing a behavior once is not actually creating a habit, but creating habit requires discipline. This thinking goes beyond you, but it's actually a great thing for your entire school. Positive habits should uh, have children, staff, and families in mind. It's a culture that should happen. 
because habits build commitment, persistence, uh, managing impulsivity, makes people take responsibility and strive for accuracy. Now, we all know habits are good, but how do you create habits? Pushing through when you just don't feel like it. I have many tasks that I have to do, and I'll be honest, I just don't feel like doing the shit sometimes. I don't. But I have to push through. I have to force myself to do things, even when sometimes people aren't watching or no one even cares. I still have to push through. I have to create positive habits for myself so that it will be something that I will do routinely and won't even think about. Now, I never said that it was going to be comfortable because growing and changing is never comfortable. It's not a warm bath. You have to push yourself and continuously grow. How do you create positive habits? I have six steps. To me, the first one is being positive. How are you going to create a positive habit if you're not positive yourself? You can't be negative and try to manifest something positive. Just not going to happen. So step one, be positive. Step two, identify the obstacles and hurdles that are in front of you. To be able to create a positive habit, notice I keep using the word positive because you can create negative habits. But to be able to create a positive habit, you have to be realistic and objective about what it is in front of you that's stopping or hindering you from making this positive habit. Step three, create a plan. Your plan should focus on the hurdles and obstacles and how to get through them. The first three are super easy. I think everybody can do those. We can kind of say, well, I can't do this because of this, or I can't suit, like I said, super, super easy. Now, here's where step four is, which I think is the hardest, following through. You, you have to do it. There's no other way than just doing the shit. You have to just get through it. Push yourself. No matter what happened, you have to get through it. Step five, celebrate your wins. And for me, this is hard. This is something that I'm still learning and adapting to. To celebrate the big and the small. I'm not a celebratory person, but it's something that I have to do and figure out what that looks like for me. Even if I finish everything off my checklist for the day, just like, yes, I did it. I got through my list. I'll kind of do that a little bit, but we all need to find some way to celebrate once you start creating those habits. And then step six, repeat. Now, I've heard all of these things that, you know, it takes 21 days to make a habit or you have to do it seven times or it's 66 days. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. All I know is I just kind of I have to just keep doing it over and over again. And then eventually it'll stick to me and I just know it. So I don't go by any of those because everybody's different. And everyone has a different way of working. So last week I did a blog post about creating trust with families. Consistent communication will build trust with your families. Um, When we inform families about their child's activities throughout the day, when we notify parents or notify the families when a child is ill or injured, um, even when we have special events at the school or when we have concerns about the child's development or behaviors. You can always read more um, at www.jerichoff.com and just let me know what you think about this week's blog post. This is it for this week's episode. I want to thank you for listening and I want you to have a great week.
That's it for today. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating, review, and subscribe to the show. I love to hear from you. You can visit my website, which is in the show notes, to contact me. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and speak to you all soon.